0: Over the past few weeks, we've gotten a lot of questions from expecting parents all asking a version of this question. Why in the world did you choose a home birth instead of going to a hospital? And what is home birth really like?
1: In this episode, we're taking you inside our heads and walking you through our thought process and the reasons why we felt like a home birth was the right decision for us. We're also answering some of the most popular questions from our listeners, like, but isn't it messy? And what about emergencies? We answer those questions and a whole lot more on this episode.
0: This is Life with Amy and Jordan. Today we're gonna be talking about Why we chose to birth at a birth center for our first birth and a home birth for our second birth, and honestly, we were feeling a little anxious about recording this episode and pretty hesitant, like, to even talk about this topic, um, mostly because birth is such a personal experience.
1: And I've never actually birthed a child.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that necessary. I'm glad you've never birthed
1: a child either. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, I should have said baby. Like, I've never birthed a baby. Imagine if you had to birth a toddler.
0: I don't think anyone would ever have a kid again if they came out as crazy toddlers. Anyway, um, this topic is one that we weren't even sure we ever wanted to talk about because we really believe that there are so many different reasons why um, someone would choose the birth experience that they chose. And sometimes they're not even getting to choose their birth experience. It's something that happens to them, right? So
1: like our friends who had their baby in a car.
0: Yeah, exactly. They that, didn't choose that. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to us talking about home birth, the reason that we're going to be talking about it today is we've had a lot of questions from people who are just really interested why we chose a home birth in the first place and just want to know what is that like and has, has a lot of logistical questions. I'm about,
1: like, I thought that only happened on the Oregon Trail.
0: <laughs> which is kind of a fair assumption, right? So we just want to talk through as many of the questions that we've been asked as possible. Also, as we're recording this episode, it's April 2020, and we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And because of that, hospitals are changing their policies and regulations almost on the daily to make sure that everybody stays safe. And because of that, it's led a lot of people that have been listening to ask lots of questions about home birth and birth centers and just alternatives to the hospital because, you know, they might be afraid that um, somebody who they wanted to be part of their delivery, whether it's a doula or a mom or a sister, or maybe even their spouse might not be able to be in the hospital. And so we We've really seen an influx of questions from people the last few weeks who are just trying to weigh all their options and figure out what's going to be the best birth for them. But up front, knowing, you know, we are not medical experts or this is
1: your infomercial, like we are not (laughs) medical experts. This is not medical advice. Before you do anything, please seek a consultation with a medical expert.
0: (laughs) And we really believe that there are. Uh, just because a choice is right for us doesn't mean it's right for someone else. And we hope that this episode will just help you understand a little bit more about why we made the choices that we made from our own experience. And we're just going to do our best to answer the questions that have been asked.
1: Yeah, and it's a personal decision. I think I just would like to say to all the the OBGYNs and the labor and delivery nurses, the midwives, the doulas, um, we're, we are not like pro-midwife and doula, anti-doctor and nurse, or anything like that. We believe that all people who dedicate their life to bringing babies into the world healthy and safe and taking care of mamas during that process, you guys are all heroes, the doctors, the nurses, the midwives, and the doulas. In um, and, and our eyes, you guys are all heroes. And so I want to just say that up front that um, we just have the utmost respect for people who dedicate their life to loving and serving women in some of their most scared and vulnerable moments of their entire life. Yes, And really for us too, the most important thing to always kind of keep in mind is that those doctors, nurses, midwives, and doulas all share the same goal. And the Mm -hmm. same goal is a healthy mom and a healthy baby. And so that is something that we can, I think we can all agree. And I think it's just a cool thing that all of those professionals share.
0: So we're going to answer as many questions as we possibly can that we've received about home birth and birth centers. But before we do that, we just want to take you back to the beginning to give you a little bit of background context. Before I was pregnant, I never thought I would birth. You weren't
1: pregnant. That's what I was going to say. Before you were pregnant, you weren't pregnant.
0: (laughs) Wow. Jordan's just really coming in with some great (laughs) words of wisdom early up front here today. Thank you for that. Before I was pregnant, I never thought that I would birth outside of a hospital. Um, So the best place for us to start is the beginning because we actually chose natural childbirth first. And then the environment, like where we were birthing, came second. And what I mean by natural childbirth is simply a vaginal delivery without medication. So that, again, was something that before I got pregnant, I never thought that I would one day do, mostly because I used to, like, hear about women who went into childbirth without medication. And I was like, why on earth would anybody do that? Like, that's what modern medicine is for, is to cut, cut out the pain, right? Like, why would anybody choose the pain? I'm definitely not someone who, like, prides myself in, like, trying to, like, work through the pain. Like, I really admire modern medicine and technology. And so I used to think that the only reason that people did that is because maybe they got some high off it, like kind of the people that like, like to skydive. Like I am not one of those people. I do not (laughs) like to skydive. Um, I don't really like pain or risk or things like that. And so I just never even imagined that I would be a person who would choose something like that. But when we went to our very first appointment to confirm our pregnancy, We just felt like we uh, were hit for the first time with the realization that we just didn't know anything about pregnancy or childbirth. And we'd never really given it much thought before, except like we're ready to have a baby. And that was really all that we had thought about.
1: That was basically my thought. (laughs) I'm ready to practice having a baby. Oh, boy. Anyway. making a baby. Not not having a baby. They don't practice that. That's a one time thing.
0: <laughs> and this is why we do a podcast so that people don't have to look at my red cheeks every time you talk about this stuff. So when we were in our first uh, OBGYN appointment, we started to feel like we were on a bit of a conveyor belt that was moving really fast and we were getting a lot of questions and schedules and things thrown at us and we were like, whoa, we don't even know. We just don't, don't know anything about anything. We should probably go home. There were a lot home. of big words. Yes. We should probably go home and start like researching for ourselves. And so that just led us down a path where I started uh, looking at different options for pregnancy and for childbirth and for prenatal care. And the more that I read, the more I started discovering the benefits of natural childbirth, that it wasn't in fact, because people like got had a high from like doing it without the pain meds, that there were actually a lot of benefits to natural childbirth. And so a few of the things that really caught my attention is that- The
1: main benefit is I didn't have to do it. That was the, if I had, (laughs) there was one benefit.
0: (laughs) Wow. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for that. Um, A a few of the things that really uh, caught my attention were that, that when you have a natural childbirth, so unmedicated, there are natural endorphins that are released in your body that send moms into less of like a thinking state and more into like an instinctual one that helps mom get into different positions that will help the baby get into the right position for labor. Um, And when you bring in medication to that, once you have an epidural, you're not able to get up and move around anymore. A lot of times the medication can end up stalling the labor because you can't really, uh, a lot of those instincts of like moving around, you can't do those things anymore. Um, A lot of times the recovery is longer um, and there's an increase of risk that the baby could go into fetal distress. Uh, Another thing that I was really uh, interested in was I read that you're much less likely to tear um, when... When you have when you have a natural childbirth mostly because you can feel everything that's going on down there jordan is i didn't even realize i
1: was squeezing cringing, my arm i'm i look down and my arm is red i looked at I was jordan and his it. nose
0: was like all squeezed together
1: <laughs> it's because but, like you know that feeling that you get when you're like on a roller coaster and you go down <laughs> you guys know what i'm talking about when you get that feeling and it's like, kind of like it's like a, uh, heebie-jeebie, it's like feeling. a heebie-jeebie feeling you know where <laughs> like imagine that being a tear oh gosh
0: (laughs) and so knowing if there's no medication you're much less likely to tear and that you don't have to worry about the potential side effects that could happen from uh, having an epidural and a lot of times uh, breastfeeding is more easily facilitated because um, mom's hormones are triggered to produce the milk supply the baby needs and babies tend to be more alert so they're much more likely to be able to like find the breast and latch right away and are more interested in breastfeeding which helps with latch and supply and because all those bodies, all the bodies like natural hormones are being released, their moms are more likely to have like this uh, strong immediate connection and bond with their baby, which is something that I definitely if you've listened to Beckett's uh, birth story, that was something that I definitely experienced even after like the worst pain of my life. There was just like this euphoric feeling that I uh, just can't even describe in words. And so
1: I wish I could figure a way to bottle that and give it to you nightly
0: (laughs) oh my gosh he said nightly oh my gosh (laughs) this is like what is happening in this episode okay Um, the same thing
1: that happens in every episode
0: jordan makes amy feel embarrassed amy turns red that's why we do a podcast (laughs) and not anything where you can see our faces um so anyway for all these reasons i decided that natural childbirth was right for me and again that doesn't mean that it's right for everybody and it, it it's just it was the right choice for me, for Jordan, for our family. So once we realized we wanted to go down that route, we thought we wanted like an expert to help us because this was our first time doing it. So I texted a trusted friend who recommended a doula and we met with our doula and we honestly didn't even know the difference between, look, first of all, we were like, what's a doula?
1: Yeah, it sounds like a tropical fruit.
0: <laughs> and we were also like, what's a midwife? We'd never even heard of a midwife and weren't really planning on going that route. But once we decided that natural child Birth was what we wanted to do, and we met with a doula. Our doula was really great about educating us uh, about the things that we didn't know. And the way that my friend described a doula is actually my favorite description because we live in the wedding industry world, and she was like, Think of a doula as like a day of wedding planner, someone who is there to make sure that everything goes smoothly, nothing goes wrong, that you feel advocated for so you don't have to worry and it relieves the pressure. To me, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally love working with wedding planners on a wedding day. Side
1: benefit, a lot of doulas are also photographers. And so you can also get amazing birth photos from a doula. It's kind of like a two for one special.
0: (laughs) Yes. And that was the case for our doula. And so we were able to get like great birth photos and a great experience having like an advocate there for us and someone who was with us and could coach us through every decision that comes in childbirth because every labor is different. Right. And so a doula has seen it all experience it all and isn't freaked out by the experience the way that us as new parents are. Um, In
1: some cases, doulas are are literally going from one birth to the next. Like when we, I think like when with one of our babies, I don't remember which one it was, but our doula had gone from like birth to birth to birth. And so... She was red hot, man. She was. Yes. She was in. She was in the groove.
0: They are amazing. They just like dedicate their whole lives to this. So when we met with our doula, she asked us one question. When she found out uh, where the the hospital that we were going to birth at, she said, "I just have one question for you. Uh, when it comes to I, you've explained to me that natural childbirth is really important to you, meaning an unmedicated vaginal labor. I just want to know, would you rather be tolerated?" or supported in the environment that you choose. And what my doula meant by would I rather be supported or tolerated is she was really saying because of the things that she heard about what I was hoping for, for my birth, after us discussing what type of things I want during labor and then Like right after when the baby is born that I can either go into an environment where I maybe am bringing requests into a system that already has systems in place that are different than what I want. So in a a time when I'm in a lot of pain and I'm feeling maybe scared and uh, not really thinking straight, that it might be challenging for me to be able to advocate for myself or think through the types of systems that I want um, in that moment. When they're different than the systems that are already in that environment, or I could find a situation where there's already the systems lined up and the philosophy lines up with what I want so that when I go into that environment, I already have that peace of mind knowing that I'm not going to have to advocate for myself. I'm not going to have pushback on the parts of the natural birth that I really want because that's already the philosophy of the environment we chose. And that question, would you rather be supported or tolerated, really opened our eyes to looking into things that we never thought we'd consider before. And she said, you know, based on the things that you're telling me, I think a birth center might be a really good fit for you. It's no pressure. Just go check it out. Take a tour.
1: Amy has to tolerate a lot on a regular basis with (laughs) me. (laughs) So let's just throw that out there for a second.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, I chose you. I do really love you. Anyway, so we toured the birth center that our doula had recommended to us and we just fell in love with it. We fell in love with the midwives that were there and that was really the first time we'd been introduced to the, to the idea of midwives. We didn't even know what a midwife was. Midwife to us sounded
1: like- I thought it was a, a woman. Was it like a woman in between when you get engaged and when you get married? Is that your midwife? Oh my gosh, the dad joke. <laughs> I just made that up on the spot. The but I jokes. feel like I need to hike my pants up and wear like high white socks and white tennis shoes <laughs> Yeah, now.
0: you've just like elevated your dad. I'm going to go put on a
1: striped polo now and tuck it in.
0: <laughs> but we didn't even really know what a midwife was. And one of the questions we got the most, I'm glad to know that we're not alone, that we weren't the only people who didn't know what a doula or a midwife was because we didn't know either of those When things. I
1: heard the word midwifery for the first time, I thought it was something out of a Harry Potter novel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I was thinking like Quidditch, midwifery. Like I figured it all just kind of went together. Like total side note, if you can find yourself a midwife with a British accent like we had for one of our midwives, that is like bonus fries. It's awesome. It totally adds to the experience. <laughs> now, if you can find a midwife like our second midwife who can wrap the entire play Hamilton, now you really found yourself a midwife.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you know how much we love Hamilton, you know like what a perfect match our midwife was for us. But... When we were at the birth center is when we got to meet the midwives for the first time. And basically the difference between a doula and a midwife is a midwife is the one who would basically sub in for a doctor in a home birth or birth center experience. So they're the ones who are, they're licensed, they're certified, they're medically trained. They're the ones who are going to deliver the baby. They're the ones that are going to be in charge of like the, the care leading up to the birth and also the care right after the birth for both mom and baby. They're the one checking the stats and making sure everything is good with both mom and baby. Where a doula is the one who's supporting us through the labor, but isn't, as our doula says, I don't catch babies. So if we had to sum up the difference really quickly, our doula doesn't catch babies. She's there for... Uh, support and wisdom and guidance as we go, and the midwife is there for go time.
1: Yeah, to use a baseball analogy, not that that necessarily is the perfect (laughs) analogy, uh, but I would say that a doula is a little bit like the pitcher who starts the game. In other words, in both of our birth experiences, our doula was the one who showed up first and went through those early stages of labor for us. And the midwife was like the closer. (laughs) The midwife was the one who came in midway or three-fourths of the way through the game to finish the game off, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And the midwife is also the one who we saw for all of our prenatal appointments. So the same way that you would be scheduled for your OB appointments at certain markers, you know, like... 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, that those appointments were done with our midwife. So hopefully that makes sense because we were like, what the heck is a doula? What is a midwife?
1: We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online?
0: What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? We're Amy and Jordan and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week.
1: To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week.
0: We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. So as we interviewed the midwives at the birth center and toured the facility, we knew pretty quickly that it was the right place for us. And so you can hear all about that experience on Beckett's birth story episode if you haven't uh, caught up on that yet, where you can hear a little bit more about the birth center and that whole experience. And it was a really positive experience, even though it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was a really empowering, beautiful experience that I will remember for the rest of my life. So the second time around, the natural question from a lot of people is, well, if you did a birth. Center the first time, why did you choose a home birth the second time? And if you heard Beckett's birth story, you'll remember that one of the parts of Beckett's birth story that was hard for me is that we ended up driving to the birth center once too early and got sent home and then had to drive again. So I spent about 90 or so minutes in the car in active labor, experiencing really intense contractions.
1: Vomiting. <laughs>
0: Vomiting in the back seat. My sweet doula was holding a bowl of my vomit sloshing around in a bowl as we were driving I on the freeway. Did have to use the
1: word sloshing?
0: Well, that's really what it was like in the back seat of the car because, you know, you're on the freeway and so that's she's trying true. to hold it still, but it's sloshing. <laughs> it's just graphic. It's what it is. So I was like, if I could do that experience again and eliminate the sloshing vomit, I would love to do that. And that was honestly one of the first reasons why I considered a home birth, because after our birth center experience, our midwives were so encouraging and were basically like, hey, just so you know, you did that yourself. Meaning, we didn't assist or lay our hands on you in any way. Of course, they're being so humble because they assisted in so many ways, supporting and coaching and encouraging us through the labor, getting us in different positions. Like, we couldn't have done it without them. But they kept saying, You could do this without us, and you'd be a really great candidate for home birth. So it was just something that stuck in my head. And then when we found out that we were pregnant with our second baby, that the, all those ideas came back to us. And we started thinking through hey, like, if we could eliminate that vomiting in the backseat of the car experience and just vomit at home, (laughs) that would be a lot better, right?
1: Yeah. And I think for us too, in hindsight, having the experience of going to a birth center first, where a birth center is like a corporate office building. It it looks like you're pulling up, in ours anyways, it looks like you're pulling up to a corporate office building that would maybe have like a suite of different medical professions or something. And when you actually get inside the birth center, there's an office area and there are like exam rooms. But then there's also like two or three bedrooms that are just like a home. So for us, it was like, okay, we loved everything about our birth center experience. The only thing is that we had to drive to that environment And if we did a home birth, we could stay home and have a really similar environment, except that we were at home. And as we've kind of thought and kind of reflected over the last couple of years on Beckett's birth, one of the things that we have no evidence to prove this, but one of the things that we we really believe is that one of the reasons that Amy's labor was a little bit more challenging with him, obviously it was the first time he had a 95th percentile head. (laughs) There were a lot of factors, but also anytime that you are in a mom is in labor and you change her environment that can cause stalling, it can cause Mm -hmm. delays, it can cause Mm -hmm. more difficulty. And so we believe that was one of the factors in addition to his enormous head um, that caused Amy to possibly stall during Beckett's labor. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why it took him, you know, six or seven times longer to be born than it did Emily.
0: Mm -hmm. And of course, there is such a difference between first time birth and second time birth. But when you if you've heard Emily's birth story, and you know how fast it went, we really do believe one of the reasons why it went so fast the second time is because I didn't have to stress about when are we getting in the car when do we have to leave is it now Um, and not having that stress anytime a mom is under is feeling discouraged or stressed it's naturally going to slow down labor so anything that we could do to remove any of that and allow the labor to progress faster I was all for that and you know there's a lot of reasons why Emily's labor was faster than Beckett's but I really do believe that that was a factor.
1: So I would say probably the number one question that and we've we have gotten a lot of questions and we're going to go through those questions right now. But the number one question that we've got, we've received um, from moms from expecting moms, just from people who are curious about home birth, because it feels like we're doing something that they only did on the Oregon trail. Um, The number one question that we've received is, but what if there was an emergency? Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're at a hospital, there's like nobody ever asks, what if there's an emergency because you're in a hospital? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would say that is an amazing question. And it is the, the number one question that we had also. When we first started investigating the idea of birthing in a birth center or birthing at home, my my first question to our doula and my first question to our midwife the first time we sat down with them was, what do we do in the case of an emergency? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, especially as the husband, um, I didn't really know what I didn't know. And I think my assumption is that childbirth and labor is like it is. You know, on TV and in the movies where all of a sudden you're like out somewhere in the world, mom grabs her belly and it's like, oh, I'm feeling something. And then all of a sudden it's like, call an ambulance, get her to the hospital. And the very next scene you see mom like in a gown rushing through a hospital and it's like two pushes and the baby pops out. (laughs) And that is the very, very far from what... uh, At least our experience. (laughs) At least our experience from what childbirth is actually like. And so I think that I kind of had to start by acknowledging that I just didn't know what I didn't know. And a lot of my assumptions about Birth were based on things I had seen on TV yeah. and based on things that people had told me. And when we sat down with our midwife and I asked the question, like, what if there's an emergency? She was so sweet and so kind and gentle and loving. And one thing I would say, and we've got a lot of questions as well about like how do you know how to choose the right doula or midwife mm-hmm. and one of the things that i would encourage everyone to do when you're hiring whether it's an obgyn a doula a midwife whoever's going to deliver your babies you want to make sure that number one they're obviously excellent at what they do but number two is you want somebody with the heart of a teacher that mm-hmm. i i was the husband i didn't feel very empowered i didn't feel like i knew much of anything mm-hmm. and our doula and our midwife at every step of the way were so patient and they never treated me like i was stupid even if i was asking what maybe seemed like a stupid question. And so when our midwife explained to me that there are very outside of very, 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 very rare exceptions, for the most part, whenever a mom is in labor and there is a reason that she needs to be transferred to a hospital. So in other words, like with us, if we were birthing at the birth center and we needed to be transferred to a hospital for any reason, our midwife would be able to spot that a few steps ahead, she'd be able to spot it coming down the road. And to back up, a lot of people have said, you know, who's a good candidate for Mm -hmm. a birth center or for a home birth. And people who are good candidates, moms who are good candidates for a birth center or for a home birth are uh, moms who don't have any Um, I don't want to say the word complications because that's not the right word, but maybe
0: pre-existing medical conditions. Pre-existing medical
1: conditions. uh, They're low risk. risk. The baby's low risk. And Mm. throughout the process of meeting with our midwife for those regular appointments, just like we would with an OB, at every step of the way, they're doing all the same testing that an OB would do. Mm. And they are letting us know, okay, based on like where you are right now, based on the heartbeat, based on the baby's size, based on your physical health as the mom, you are still considered a low risk pregnant. Pregnancy, mm-hmm. and if you're a low risk pregnancy, that makes you a good candidate for a birth center or for a home birth. And but- that's
0: something that's continually being assessed at every appointment that we have with our midwife. So it's possible that you could start midwifery care and then be transferred to an OB based on something that comes up on a test or in an ultrasound or something like that. So that's something that's constantly being assessed as we go. And they also explain to us that a lot of times one intervention leads to another intervention. So intervention just means anything that is different than what would happen naturally without medication. So um, anytime an intervention comes up, there's more likely to be another intervention. But if you remove all those interventions, then you're much more likely to have uh, like a a very low risk delivery.
1: Yeah. And so I just didn't realize that for the most part, a midwife would be able to identify something before, you know, in the in the months and weeks leading up to labor that would signal to her, this is not going to be a low-risk pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You are going to need to deliver in a hospital or even during labor. There are like mm-hmm. different markers that a really experienced midwife would see a certain marker and say, okay, like if we don't make progress beyond this point or if this next thing happens, then we're going to need to go ahead and transfer you to a hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and that-, that was
0: a question we got quite a few times too was, Um, in a home birth situation or a birth center, do they monitor the fetal heart rate? And they do. The difference is you're not uh, continually hooked up to the monitors. So there's intermittent monitoring um, based on the midwife's experience. So they will check the heart rate when they feel like they need to check the heart rate. Um, And the only reason we're not hooked up to monitors or IVs or things like that is to allow for free movement so that you can get into all different types of positions to help your baby move down the birth canal.
1: So another question that we got is how can I reassure family members that I will be okay birthing outside of a hospital? I think for us, it comes down to education, education, education. I think that a lot of times and I can speak for myself, a lot of times when I have fear or anxiety about something, it's because I don't always have all of the information or all of the education. It's sometimes a fear of the unknown and going back to the example that I just gave before, I assumed before we had ever done any research on our own or met with a midwife or toured a birth center that if there was an emergency and we were not actually in a hospital, that it was going to be a really, really, really serious consequences. Mm-hmm. But what I know now after having two babies and having done a lot of research on my own is that the instance it is very, very, very rare. The instances where a mother is in labor and something goes wrong and the mother or the baby's health is in such immediate danger that if they aren't at a hospital at that exact moment, then there are those serious consequences. Um, I didn't really understand that a midwife could see those things coming down the road and make that transfer in advance of that.
0: And something that I didn't know is that when when your midwife is licensed and certified, that your midwife is actually trained in uh, neonatal resuscitation and brings medicine and supplies with her to your home. Um, So things like medicine to stop hemorrhaging or oxygen or sutures, things like that. The midwife, I think honestly, when I first heard the word midwife, I pictured like a hippie wearing Birkenstock who like didn't believe in any type of medication or anything like that. And that's just not what a a midwife is. And I had to uh, realize that like what I thought wasn't actually what uh, a midwife was or did. And so that brought a lot of peace and comfort knowing, oh, they're licensed, they're trained. And this is different from state to state. Um, Every state has different laws and procedures, but in the state that we live in, in Arizona, um, every midwife is certified and licensed and goes through the exact same schedule that an OB would go through as far as prenatal care and, uh, all the same tests that you get in uh, OB in in care with an OB, you would also get whether it's gestational diabetes or you know the ultrasounds of things that they're looking for. All of that is still included when you work with a midwife, which yeah. is something I didn't know.
1: No, and kind of going back to that question about like how do you reassure your family? I think one of the things that we found in our experience is that a lot of times I'm scared of things I don't understand, especially when it involves somebody I really love. Mm-hmm. And so I think our our One thing we have to kind of start with is this posture of like our families love us and they want to protect us and they want the best for us. And one of the things that our midwife had told us, which I think is so wise, is that if you have a family member, maybe it's a parent or a sibling, somebody who's concerned about. Uh, different, you know, what happens in an emergency or, or whatever, bring them to one of those appointments and allow them to talk to your midwife and ask their questions. I think that's something that's Mm. so important is that no matter what birth plan you choose, uh, you want to have everybody on your family on board and you want to have them supportive of that because Mm. outcomes are better for mom and better for baby when everyone is on the same page and everyone is supportive. And so if you have a family member who's maybe just not sure, um, the first thing is just have grace with them because I think everybody, the first time you hear, about a midwife or a doula or a birth center or a home birth, it kind of makes you raise an eyebrow a little bit. And your first questions are, what do you do in an emergency? Is it going to be safe? And so I would give those family members so much grace that they're coming from a place of, I just want to protect you and maybe protect my grandbaby mm-hmm. and I want what's best for you. And the other thing that we found just throughout, throughout the course of our of both of our pregnancies is that midwives are women who dedicate, generally, I don't know if there's like a, mid, a Mr. Wife, what do you call them? I, are there ma- male midwives?
0: I actually don't Maybe care. there are. I don't know. Is that a
1: thing? I don't even know the answer to that. If you're out
0: there, if you're out there, let us
1: know. (laughs) Um, But that these women dedicate their lives and make enormous sacrifices in order to be with moms and empower them and make them feel loved and safe in their most vulnerable moments. But we found that that also extends to all the appointments leading up to our birth. It was not uncommon for us with both of our mid uh, midwifery experiences to spend between 30 minutes and an hour at every single appointment. And we, we weren't just getting our medical questions answered. We were also really getting personal with our midwives and they were getting to know us on a really human level. And they were able to take the things that they knew about us as people and then during the labor and delivery process, like we talked about in Emily's birth story, use the things that they knew about us as people to help push us through some really difficult and challenging moments. And so for us, anyways, I kind of think about like the movie Rocky. This is like a total dude analogy, but it's like Rocky could have never done, could have never done what he did without (laughs) Mickey in his corner. And in a lot of ways, our midwives were like those Mickeys for us.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the questions I got was... um, what about the logistics of home birth? Like, isn't it really messy? Like, why would you like want that mess in your house? And I'm a clean freak. <laughs> yeah, and Jordan's like, I feel you. Um, like
1: having a baby in Danny Tanner's <laughs> house. Can you imagine?
0: We shared a, in Emily's birth story that when Jordan thought I was in labor with Emily, the first thing he did was grab the vacuum and vacuum the whole house. Like the Tasmanian devil, that's how committed he is to cleanliness. So you can imagine this was a, like a question on his mind too. Is like, is the house going to stay clean, <laughs> right? And it's actually surprisingly a really clean process. So we thought we would just talk through like the very like bare bones logistics of how it works.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty simple actually. I mean, basically what our midwife had us do for the home birth is she had us buy like two really inexpensive uh shower liners from mm-hmm. like Target or Amazon mm-hmm. and a couple of really inexpensive fitted sheets. And so when Amy went into labor, I just stripped the sheets off of our bed. I put the the clear shower liners on top of the mattress. Mm-hmm. I put two fitted cotton sheets on top of the on top of that and then um we labored in our bed mm. just like that and there were like some a few like medical I don't know they're like those paper towely things but yeah they're, they're like kind of like medical pads. grade
0: like pads, pads that like absorb
1: that absorb yeah and then honestly like that way the mess stayed contained like on our bed mm-hmm. um, and the the like not to be too graphic but the mess didn't get anywhere else right and so it, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't
0: like on the carpet it wasn't like a mer- I remember later on that that night, like the a few hours after Emily was born, Jordan's parents came over, and uh, Jordan's dad was looking around. He
1: looked astonished. Like he came in, and I don't remember him saying anything to us. I remember him just walking around our master bedroom and I could looking. Tell his
0: eyes were so big; it was almost like he was looking for like the the proof of the crime or like a murder scene, you know, like looking like where are the. But blood instead, spots? it was like a stork had dropped it off, <laughs> right? And so, yeah, we were uh, definitely surprised at like how clean the whole process is. It's probably one of the questions we get the most: is like, isn't it messy? Yeah.
1: And I was honestly pretty simple. Like once she was born and like she was brought up onto Amy's chest, um there was probably an hour hour and a half where our midwife was where Amy was bonding with Emily, and I was bonding with Emily. Mm-hmm. Our midwife eventually did like the weighing and the measuring and the testing while Amy took a shower. And then while Amy was in a in the shower, um the one of the birth assistants literally just took everything off the bed, kind of folded it to the middle, put it in a huge like medical trash bag. Mm-hmm. We put clean sheets back on the bed. And that was it.
0: Mm-hmm. And we did have an inflatable birth pool, like ready to go in the house uh, in case I wanted to birth in a birth pool. We also have a pretty big tub that we were planning on using. But if you listen to Emily's birth story, you know, things were happening and progressing so quickly there that
1: there was no time for that. When
0: Jordan asked if I wanted the tub, I was like, no. So we didn't she was
1: end like, up. No, <laughs> want to have the baby in the bed now.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: You didn't actually sound like
0: that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of did. It's just, only okay when I say it. Yeah.
1: I've only (laughs) seen primal Amy twice and it was when Becky was born and when Emily was born.
0: Yeah. It's a whole, you're fierce girl. It's a whole different side of me. Yeah. For
1: sure. Yeah. I'm glad you can't just turn that on and off or when I, when I'm in trouble, I'd really be in trouble. (laughs) Um, one of the questions that we've, we've gotten frequently is like a financial question, which is what is the cost difference between a birth center or a home birth versus a hospital and does insurance cover home birth? So one thing is it really does depend by state because in some states, uh, midwives are not permitted legally to practice to, to birth babies in homes. They've got to be done in a birth center or a hospital. In our experience and just from the research that we've done, it is less expensive to, it is, it is the most expensive to have a baby in a hospital. It's the second most expensive to have a baby in a birth center and the most, inexpensive option is to have a baby at home and that kind of makes sense right because mm-hmm. when you're in when you're in a hospital for example you're paying for for that bed and that space all and facilities. all those facilities and, and, and the things that come with it and you're not paying for those things when you're at home or you're paying for less of those things when you're at a birth center so in our experience it's less expensive mm-hmm.
0: and a lot of people asked okay you had your first baby at a birth center you had your second baby at home, would you recommend a home birth for a first time mom? And I can only speak from my own experience. And that was that I felt a little too anxious and nervous about having my first baby be a home birth because the birth center felt like a really great middle ground. It felt like a place where I could be very close to a hospital. So the birth center that we chose was only maybe a two or three minute drive from a hospital, they actually chose that location for that reason to bring extra peace of mind to people. So I had the peace of mind of knowing a really great hospital was only a couple minutes away, as opposed to at our house, it's more like 10 or 15 minutes away. Um, and I also just appreciated having uh, a rotation of midwives there that we knew and trusted. And so I don't think that I would have felt comfortable my first time doing a home birth, I felt like I didn't have that confidence um, to do it at home and Until I had done it once successfully at a birth center. And one of the reasons I loved the birth center experience so much is because they, each and every woman who worked there, was dedicated to supporting and encouraging the type of birth that we were hoping for. And that made all the difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they fed us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that was nice. our midwife at home fed us too. And we had our own, that was really the, one of the benefits of home birth was like having our own food in the fridge and being able to like get in my own shower and put on my own, my own towels and my own robe and my own everything and never having to drive anywhere after birth, like not having to get in the car and put our baby in the car seat. Like that just felt like such a luxury when everybody, when the birth team left and it was just me and Jordan and our brand new baby, Emily in the house, we were like, is amazing. We were just kind of in awe that um, we never had to leave the house. It felt like such a luxury and such a gift that we were like, wow. This is just incredible.
1: Yeah, and one thing I'll just mention too while we're on this topic of like home birth versus birth center versus hospital and kind of we shot for the middle a little bit with the birth center for uh, for our first baby Beckett. Um, one thing that is also available in, in our local area that's also available in places across the country and we've had friends who have had really amazing experiences are there are a lot of hospitals now that are starting to move to kind of like a combo model mm-hmm. where they actually have kind of like birth centers that are run by midwives inside Mm -hmm. of hospitals. Mm -hmm. And so that way you're really getting in a lot of ways the best of both worlds because Mm -hmm. you're getting the experience of working with midwives, but then also you're already in the hospital if that gives you that extra peace Mm -hmm. of mind. And so- Some
0: of our best friends took that approach and they had a great experience there. And we think it's a really cool option. Again, if you're a first-time parent who is like, yeah, like I'm with you, Amy, like I don't really feel comfortable like choosing home birth for the very first time.
1: We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love.
0: That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place and they're just one click away.
1: To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com favorites.
0: When you make a purchase using one of our links, it doesn't cost you extra. Sometimes it even saves you money. And it's an easy way to help support the show. Now back to the episode. One of the reasons that I went the birth center route is because. I honestly didn't think that I would have enough willpower to refuse an epidural if I knew it was in the building if that makes sense. When we I mean, t-
1: I don't have the ability to refuse a cookie <laughs> if it's in the cabinet. You know?
0: Well, that was the exact analogy our midwife used when we were on our tour at our birth center. She was like, "You know, my philosophy is if I'm on a diet, I have to throw the cookies out of the kitchen." And I was like, "Oh, I relate to that 100%." And so, that was one of the reasons that we chose the birth center in the first place is because I really wanted to do a natural childbirth and I honestly didn't think I would have enough willpower to get through it if I knew it was an option. But once the cookies were thrown out of the kitchen and it wasn't an option, then there was no there was no point in asking for it because it wasn't there, right? And so I, I kind of felt like there was a safety net there for me in that way.
1: Yeah, the other thing I would just say too for me is that when we decided to choose a birth center and when we de- decided to choose a home birth, um one of the things that that gave me in a, in a kind of funny way and kind of a reverse way is that it actually gave me peace of mind. So let me say that again, going to a birth center and, and having our baby another baby at home actually gave me peace of mind and the reason it gave me peace of mind is because I knew that the desire of Amy's heart if it was possible was to have an unmedicated vaginal delivery for both of our babies. And one of the things that gave me peace of mind was I knew that if we were having a baby in a birth center or a baby at home where there wasn't an epidural and there wasn't Pitocin and there weren't other interventions, that if we for some reason had to be transferred to a hospital for... Um, an emergency, and Amy had to have a C-section, we knew that we would have the peace of mind that we did everything that we possibly could to avoid that. And we would never necessarily have to look back and think to ourselves, oh man, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's something that when I think about What I was hoping for in my birth experiences. I've never had a major surgery before. And I was honestly, like a lot of a lot of the questions we got was about like, how do you, how do you handle the fear of natural childbirth? And I honestly think my fear of having major surgery was even greater because I've never experienced that before. And I have so much admiration for moms who've endured major surgery. And then right after major surgery, they're in charge of caring for a newborn. That is so hard. And that idea, I think, scared me so much that it was one of my motivating factors for doing everything I could to have a natural uh, childbirth experience, if that makes sense.
1: So I think when Amy talks about the fear of being in a hospital and possibly having to endure major surgery, that kind of gets me to a question that we've been getting from a lot of people, which is, you know, Jordan, as a husband, can you speak from a husband's perspective about the idea of fear and anxiety surrounding childbirth, specifically at home or in a birth center? And I think one of the things that Amy and I have tried to do In every area of our life, it doesn't matter if we're talking about childbirth or anything else in our life. We really believe that life is just a question of trade offs. It is what are, you know, what is the risk and what is the reward? What's the cost and what's the benefit? And because we had done our research and we knew all the great benefits of being able to have a natural, unmedicated childbirth, for us, even though maybe there was. Um, a little bit of a risk being home or being in a birth center, we looked at how likely was that risk to actually occur, occur against what were all the positive other possible benefits and outcomes. And we decided that we were comfortable living with any possible extra risk. And even for us, really, for us going a different route to us made us scared, more scared and it felt riskier. And again, that's not going to be the right decision for everyone. Some We know some friends of ours who have literally said to us, like, I loved my hospital birth. I love my C-section. Mm-hmm. I would schedule that thing all day and all night because that was the best experience for me. I would never even consider anything else because it freaks me out and it terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. We just find ourselves a little bit more on the other side of the spectrum. And it scared us a little more to be in a situation like that. The other thing I would just add on to that is that as a husband, there's nobody I love more in this world than Amy. And there, and outside of Amy, there's nobody I love more than our children. And I really view like my job as a husband and as a father, my primary responsibility is to protect my wife and protect my kids. And I would never ever do anything to intentionally put them in harm's way. And so I think as a husband, as you are with your wife and you're evaluating the decision of like, where do we want to have our babies? what do we want our birth experience to look like? I just think it's really important to remember that we're all trying to do the very best thing for our wives. We're trying to do the very best thing for our kids. And we're making the decision that's best for us and for our family. And I would just encourage you as husbands to be involved in the process. I would encourage you to do your research. I would encourage you to go to the appointments when possible, to be at any meetings, to be in any classes, Amy definitely did the lion's share of like the reading and the researching. But anytime she wanted to talk about it, I was all ears. Anytime she wanted me to read something, I opened my eyes and I read it. And I think what that did is that gave me the confidence that we were making the right decision for us. And something that we teach, we teach our photography students, specifically our business students all the time is we say, when someone looks at your business or when they look at your life, they should be able to point at anything in your business or in your life and ask the question, why? And you should have an answer for that because what that means is that you've done your research. And when anybody asks us, well, why did you choose a home birth? Why did you choose a birth center? Why did you choose this or why did you choose that? Amy and I both have an answer that we've researched and that we've come to agreement on. And this is really important, especially for husbands, because Amy and I believe that when you get married, two people become one. And we make all of our decisions together. And it was not going to be acceptable in our house for, for Amy, for example, to say, well, I'm, I want to birth here. And then I say, well, I don't feel comfortable. I want to birth there. And then we choose one of those places with the other person not being a hundred percent on board. And let me explain why that's so important. One of the reasons why it's so important is because Amy and I had time before both of our babies were born. Where we looked at each other and said, "Okay, this is our decision. We've done the research. We're both 100% in agreement that this is what's best for us. We've looked at the risks. We've looked at the rewards. No matter what happens, we made this decision together." And I think what that does is it gives you the confidence to go into that hospital, to go into that birth center, to you know, to to labor at home, and realize we made what we believe is the best decision for our family. And so I would encourage all the husbands out there, be as active and involved in the process as you possibly can be. And if you don't know the answer to something, that is okay. I have learned so many things over the last two and a half years about placenta and membranes (laughs) and all kinds of things that I never knew before. But what I realized is that the more educated that I am, the better birth partner I can be to Amy, the better advocate that I can be for her. And it also helps put friends and family at ease, that you are educated and you're doing what you believe is the, in the best interest of your wife and in your children. And I think what that does is it gives everybody peace and confidence so that if you have people in your life, no matter if they're birthing at a hospital, birth center, or at home, you know, okay, give you, give your friends and family the gift right? of you being informed and educated and making a decision based on facts and based on research and based on what's best for you. Because if you just willy nilly choose, well, I'm going to go because Amy and Jordan said it, I'm going to go have a home birth. Or because Amy and Jordan said it, I'm going to go to a birth center. Really got to do your own research and make sure that you can give people the gift who love you the gift of knowing that you're making an informed choice that's guided by medical professionals and is in your best interest.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think when I think about uh, the answer to the question that we received a lot of how did you deal with the fear leading into um, knowing what a painful experience you're going to endure?
1: Don't think about it.
0: <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Jordan's kind of joking, but also kind of serious. Um, one of our mentors taught us this phrase that we've used in every area of our life when it comes to something that we would naturally start to dread, um, which is the phrase, don't fight the battle twice. Uh, You are going to have to fight the battle once. Don't fight it twice, meaning don't fight it in your head before it happens. Wait until it's actually happening because playing out all the different what-if scenarios a lot of times ends up causing more pain and distress than allowing it to happen. And that's really hard. We have to look at ourselves all the time and be like, I have to look at myself in the mirror and be like, Amy, don't fight the battle twice. Because it is a really scary thing to know that you are about to endure Something extremely painful that people can't even really describe in words, and nobody wants that. I mean, I've had some
1: painful number twos, and this is a lot worse than that. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's I'm trying to empathize. That's the closest that I can get (laughs) to understand what is happening.
0: I appreciate your empathy, question mark.
1: A number two, that's eight pounds.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And has limbs.
0: (laughs) And a skull. Anyway.
1: Uh, One of the questions we got is, how did you tell your doctor that you were switching to a midwife? And so I think for us, it was two and a half years ago, but I believe we sent them an email and just let them know that we were transferring care. But I think the more important point about that is that you can transfer care at any point Mm. and you can transfer care both ways. Mm. So if you are scheduled right now with your OBGYN to have a hospital birth, you know, 20 weeks from now, mm-hmm. at any point between now and 20 weeks, if for whatever reason you decide um, in consultation you know with your with your spouse that it's going to be better for you to birth at a birth center or, at, or have a home birth, you can change care at week 37, 38, 39, 40. It's never too late in most cases to change care. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also goes the other way, right? So if you're scheduled to have a home birth or birth at a birth center with a, with a midwife, and it's at... 36 or 37 or 38 weeks and there's some condition that's presented itself and the safest best thing for you is going to be to be at a hospital with an OBGYN mm-hmm. then you can also transfer care at that point so mm-hmm. I think that's something I also didn't understand is I thought that once you made a decision that you that was just the you way that it was stuck, yeah. yeah, and I thought I also used to think that just because you had one uh, set of circumstances with baby number one that automatically meant that baby number two was going to be that exact same way and that you mm-hmm. had to make the exact same choice for all of your children. And that's also not true. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that we try to do, you know, from Beckett's birth to Emily's birth is we try to look at it and say, okay, like, what did we love about our first birth? Mm-hmm. What would we change? Mm-hmm. And what are our options for our second birth? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, I think there are a lot of moms that we know that we've talked to, um, who are looking at doing different care with babies two or three than they did with babies one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of different reasons and that's totally okay you can change really almost at any time. Mm-hmm.
0: Another question we got quite a bit was what were our uh, specifically my coping mechanisms for dealing with the pain. Um and my first two answers are really I think well, there's three good answers, maybe. My, or at least I think they're, they're good answers for me. Um, so for me, uh, my faith is a really big part of who I am. I'm a Christ follower. And so having worship music playing was really helpful for me. I shared in both birth stories different uh, moments during the birth when that really helped me through in different ways. Um, and being able to pray, even though most of the time I was praying in my own head because I couldn't speak out loud. There was one time when I, I was able to actually pray Out loud during Emily's birth, Um, so that was huge. And honestly, the one of the biggest things was having Jordan. Was having a really supportive. Uh, birth partner who was with me physically every step of the way. And he,
1: making zero jokes. <laughs> making there zero were the no jokes, jokes during yes. labor.
0: We shared in Beckett's birth story that we found out really quickly in one of our birth classes that when I was in pain, I did not want Jordan to joke about it. It's I love his sense of humor almost always, 98% of the time, but when I'm in excruciating pain, it's not, not a jokey joke time. And he was so... After listening to episodes of the podcast, you're probably surprised to find out that he actually adhered to that for 20 hours so That's a lot of self-control for Can you for imagine
1: me not making a joke for 20 hours?
0: <laughs> That's really maybe one of the most impressive things Jordan has ever done to show his love for me is not making a joke for 20 hours. But he um, held on to me physically very tightly, was right by my side through both birth experiences. And that was one of the best ways to cope with the pain was knowing I wasn't alone. And the person who loved me more than anyone was right there. And then the third thing I would say is having a... really supportive birth team. Having a doula, I really trusted. Having a midwife, I really trusted. Those were my three coping mechanisms was like faith, prayer, worship music, my partner, my spouse, and then my birth team. Those were the three things that got me through the pain.
1: Yeah. Another question that we, we've we received is how do you pick a good birth center and what questions should you ask if you're thinking about choosing a birth center or a home birth option? What are the kind of questions that you can ask? Um, that's a really good question. So I think one of the most important things, I, we feel like one of the most important questions that we asked is ask, and this could go for for your OBGYN as well, whoever is gonna be delivering your babies, I think a really important question to ask is, what is your philosophy about childbirth? Because one of the things that we realize is that there is, just like with anything in life, when you think about cars, for example, there's a wide spectrum of different types of cars with different options and different features. And they work for different people depending on the circumstances. And our experience in medical care is very similar to that also. There are just certain doctors and certain nurses and certain midwives and doulas. They all have different personalities and different philosophies and different approaches, right? And so even though maybe a lot of the things that they do are kind of a standard, standard level of care, there are also some differences. And so I would always encourage people just to ask, like, what is your philosophy on childbirth? Something else that I would encourage you to do, and this is something that um, we, we were able to do because we transferred care, but I think it's really important, even if you're somebody who's sitting there thinking to yourself, like, I would never, ever, ever have a baby anywhere other than a hospital. It terrifies me. I would really encourage you just to visit a birth center And set up a consultation just so that you could see what one looks like one of the things that amy and i have talked a lot about is that because we got to see all of our options up front there was never any moment where we kind of like wished or wondered that we had made a different choice and one of the things that we think is really good is amy and i always want to be open to the fact that we might be wrong. Mm-hmm. We always want to be open to the fact that maybe somebody else knows something that we don't know. And mm-hmm. I think that for us, as I'm saying it, it doesn't sound humble, but what it really is for mm-hmm. us is that we've realized the older that we get, the less we know, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of wisdom in the world, and so we want to humble ourselves and never assume that we're right or we know the answer. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways that you can figure that out in the context of of childbirth is to go actually explore your options because if you're somebody who was planning on birthing at a hospital. You might go meet with a midwife at a birth center and you might after that experience go, oh my gosh, that was the crunchiest granola experience I've ever had in my, my life. I would never let that British accent, uh, Harry, Harry Potter, Hamilton <laughs> loving, hippie and Birkenstocks like deliver my baby. I'm terrified. The hospital is the right choice for me. Well, good. That's awesome, right? Because then when you actually go to the, your hospital with your doctor to have your baby, you're never wondering, was there a better option, right? Just Or like when you, you
0: might meet with a midwife and be like, wow, she doesn't even wear Birkenstocks. This is great. This is not what I expected at all. Like... That was the experience yeah. for me, for sure.
1: But make it just make. I would just say it's really important just to explore all of your options. Like it, it's like that old saying, right? It never hurts to look, right? When you're going and walking around a store, or you're on a car lot, it never hurts to look and just make sure that you have all of those options available to you.
0: And the final most popular question that we got quite often was what happens after the baby's born, which is a really fair question. So right after the baby's born, um, we, the baby gets to spend time on mama's chest, one of my favorite parts. And, you know, the cord is still connected and we're getting like that snuggly skin to skin time. And that's- I don't think
1: they like spending time on my chest. The baby's <laughs> it's too fuzzy. <laughs> Back to the question.
0: Um, Yeah, so snuggly skin-to-skin time on – oh, my goodness, turning red again – on mama's chest, and that's regulating baby's temperature and heartbeat. And so the midwives actually don't do things like weigh or measure for about two hours. So those first two hours um, was just time for me and my baby to bond and snuggle and some of my favorite, most precious memories. Once
1: the cord stopped pulsing, then I got to cut the cord, which honestly, like the texture of that thing. It's like the thickest piece of calamari that you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. It's it's not what you expect at all.
0: I cannot attest to that because I've never cut an umbilical cord. So there you go. There's something that you've done that I haven't done. Exactly. <laughs> And then, after about two hours, like Jordan mentioned, is when I would go take a shower, and that's when the midwives would start to do some of the testing as far as like weighing and um, measuring length and uh, doing a couple uh, I'm not even sure what honestly what all the tests are, cause
1: I'm not a medical, but professional. they did the
0: test. they did the testing and the things and they filled out the information
1: and for the birth certificate and all that kind of stuff, yeah,
0: absolutely. And so after they, everything's checked out, Mom is good, baby's good. It's normally just a few hours. And then, for the birth center, they sent us home. And when we were at home, we got to stay home, which was one of our favorite parts. And I think especially one of my favorite parts about home birth was that the postpartum care, you stay with your midwife after you have your baby. So the postpartum care meant that she came to the house afterwards. So there was the initial birth. And then 24 hours later, she came back to reassess me, reassess the baby, check in. And then I I believe she came at like 24 hours, three days, seven days, two weeks, and a month or something like that. Don't yeah. quote me on that. And everyone's going to be a little different but at, on their at schedule. At least for both
1: of our midwives. And I don't know if this is standard or is just our experience, but we were under the care of our midwife for the first six weeks after both of our babies were born. And so were our babies. And so were our babies. Yeah. So a lot of people ask, well, when did you go see, like, when do you go see a pediatrician? You normally go see your pediatrician at the end of that care because mm-hmm. midwives are licensed and trained to care for babies from day zero until week six, mm-hmm. and then that's the time. After that, that you would transfer to a pediatrician. Um, you can also find some midwives and pediatricians will uh, share care. Mm-hmm. That sounds so nice. Like <laughs> we're going to share care, but they'll <laughs> share care. And so you could go see your pediatrician at the two week mark or at the four week mark, um, as long as your midwife and your pediatrician are both in agreement that that's that that's something that's okay to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So we hope that you found this episode helpful to answer your questions about home birth and birth centers. And like we mentioned before, if you hadn't had a chance to check out our birth stories with Beckett and Emily, we'd love for you to do that too. Thank you for listening to life with amy and jordan if this episode was helpful to you we'd love for you to leave us a review
1: and if it wasn't please don't <laughs>
0: but seriously a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you
1: to get the newest episode as soon as it's available hit the subscribe button.